Hello, beautiful person, and welcome to When You Know Better, You Do Better, a podcast for people who give a shit. I'm your host, Lynn Trotta, and this is what I believe. I believe that people are inherently good and that they want to make good choices, but issues are never black and white. They are a rainbow of complexity, and there often is not just one right answer. My hope is to offer you enough clear data in 15 minutes or less to get you going, making better choices for the planet and future generations. On today's show, we're talking about almond milk. Mmm, almond milk, that delicious, unassuming non-dairy drink, starts out its life as an almond. And who doesn't love almonds? Well, I guess people with a tree nut allergy, but other than that, who doesn't love almonds? They're super high in protein, loaded with fiber, they got oodles of good fat and antioxidants and vitamin E. They're pretty much a magical nut. Almonds come from, as I'm sure you can guess, almond trees. California produces almost 100% of the commercial almonds sold in the United States. Yes, you heard that right. California, the 31st state to join the union, that leggy, sunshine, gorgeous thing out in the West, produces almost 100% of the commercial almonds consumed in the United States and 81% worldwide. Being the number one producer has its benefits. The almond industry is at $11 billion, producing almost 100 million tons of almonds. How many trees does it take to produce all that? Welp, the Central Valley in California, where they are grown, is about the size of Delaware. And with the demand for almonds, almond milk, and other magical nut products rapidly growing, more and more farmers are choosing to plant this superfood. Here's the tricky thing, though. Almonds are not originally from this country. They're from the Middle East. And growing non-native plants can sometimes come at a really high cost. California has the perfect climate for growing almonds, but it also happens to be a super water-scarce place, and almond trees need a lot of water all year round. How much water? Well, according to the Food Revolution Network, a single almond takes about a gallon of water to produce, and about a handful of almonds, 10 gallons of water. California dedicates about 8% of its total agricultural water supply just to growing almonds. Now, this actually less than, say, alfalfa, which most of it gets shipped out to other countries to feed cattle, but I'm going to save that for another episode. Just for now, try to buy local meat, okay? All right, let's get back to the almonds. Farmers are doing a really great job, like we just said, at keeping these trees alive by giving them oodles of water. But they also are finding that there's a lot of pests that love almonds. Remember my comment about who doesn't love almonds? So in order to keep these trees pest-free, farmers are dumping 35 million pounds of chemicals on them to keep the pests away. And then what happens when these trees get big enough to flower? Well, those beautiful pink flowers are not going to pollinate themselves, you know. That job is up to the bees. The only problem is... The native bee population can't thrive in the places where these almond trees are grown because the bees need food all throughout spring, summer, and autumn. And these almond trees only flower once in early spring. 
but native bees can't go very far to forage for their food. So if they're trapped in the middle of a monoculture, which just means a single type of crop being grown, if this monoculture is the size of Delaware, these poor little creatures would starve to death before winter hits. And I know what you're gonna say, what about the non-native honeybees? Well, even though they can forage much farther, they still couldn't survive in the middle of this monoculture if somebody were to just stick a beehive in there. The solution? Load up honeybee hives into gigantic fossil fuel guzzling trucks and plop them in the middle of the almond groves during the spring so they can pollinate the almonds. When the almonds are done flowering, they just move those honeybees onto the next industrial farmed fruit. If this seems like a totally crazy idea that companies spend oodles of dough and insane amounts of fossil fuels to ship bees all over the place, that's nothing compared to the ramifications of the process. Once there, the bees are getting sick and dying from all of the pesticides that are being put on the trees. Because if you remember back to the chemical death episode, there is no safe side of pesticides. Add this to the fact that the beehives come from a variety of beekeepers, and they're all placed near each other in the orchard. Now the bees' immune systems are already compromised because they're being loaded with these toxic pesticides that they're getting from the flowers they're visiting. And in the process, they're also swapping viruses and mites. And many will do this until they die. One beekeeper said he routinely loses 30% or more of his hives in a single almond season. So if he installed 1,500 hives in an orchard, 450 of them won't come back. Now I'm not talking individual bees here, I'm talking bee hives, 450 hives. So if there's between 10,000 and 80,000 bees in a hive, the total number of those fallen soldiers is 25 million individual bees dead from a single beekeeper. So the bees pollinate the flowers, the flowers then become almonds, and then once the almonds are harvested, they're then shipped, again, using a lot of fossil fuels, and some of them go to places where they just get packaged as almonds, and others go to places where they make almond milks, where they're then put into containers, hopefully not single-use plastic ones, and then they're then shipped off to your store. Almond milk, when you think about it, is mostly just water. So that's a lot of gasoline that is being used to ship water from one place to another. And now hopefully by this point you're thinking, this is a total shit show. What are the alternatives? I really wish I could just say, hey, do you really need that non-dairy milk in your coffee anyway? Let's just stop using all the alternatives and drink it black. Now, if you're willing to go that far, I'd love you forever. And I also know that a lot of people would say, uh, you bet your sweet ass I need it in my coffee. So what are some of the do better solutions if you're gonna continue to use non-dairy milk? Now I saw a lot of breakdowns for all of the alternatives and there's a lot of factors at play. It's the amount of water that it takes to produce, then the land use it takes to produce it, the chemicals that go into the whole thing, and then greenhouse gas emissions in the process, the amount of soil area, the soil lost, Holy crap, there's just endless amounts of information. So unfortunately, I can't give you a clear cut, just switch to this. But according to a greenmatters.com article, almond milk, soy milk, rice milk, and industrial farmed cow milk are absolutely the worst. So please just say no to those at this point. Again, it's almond milk, soy milk, 
rice milk, and industrially farmed cow milk are the worst. And from all of the reading I did, some of which was really contradicting each other, and a lot of which was omitting really important information, the alternatives that stood out that were the less bad included oat, hemp, coconut, and pea protein milk, because they required the least amount of water and produced the lowest emissions. Regardless of the choice that you decide to make, please consider making it organic. So you're also then cutting down on the chemicals that are being added to the world, and then therefore the effects that that happens on the pollinators and their water system. You can also choose to make your own non-dairy milk or see if you can find it locally made at a food co-op. Now, once again, this is gonna be the most heroic thing I'm gonna ask you to do today, and that is choosing to say no to almond milk forever and take the do better oath. So when you are ready, you can raise your right hand and say, I, state your name, do solemnly swear to not use almond milk ever again. Oh, thank you so much. Big high fives, big hugs for you for being a hero for the planet. And now for things I love. I love Joanna Macy. She's an author, an eco-philosopher, and scholar of Buddhism and deep ecology. Her work continues to inspire me and touch my soul in a way that refuels my work in the world, which honestly is not always easy. So thank you, Dr. Macy. Many of her books can probably be found at your local library, which for me is always the first place I look for a new book. I'd be ever so grateful if you can rate and review this podcast on whatever pod form you listen to it. It really helps to spread the good message. So that's it for now. And remember, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Now that you know better, go do better. And until next time, I love you, sugar plum. 